0: New York state of crime
1: a true crime podcast exploring New York's most disturbing criminal cases I'm Brenna I'm Peter
0: and welcome back everybody
1: episode 16
0: episode 16 sweet 16
1: make a 16 candles joke or something 80s movie
0: Did, uh, did you have a sweet 16 Peter
1: of course not
0: of course not that's a sexist problem in this society Boys don't get a party unless they're Jewish. That's true. I had a Sweet 16 that was 1920s themed. I was a nice. flapper. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to crime. So we have a couple of sad news that came to our attention. Uh we don't have enough information for a full episode about this, but it's very disturbing as it's close to home for us. The news was released. The only articles we can find are through the Yahoo Entertainment website, which I didn't know yahoo.com still existed.
1: Yeah, right.
0: As well as oxygen.com. This news was just released yesterday, June 30th, and there's no other information to be found on more local sites but um, a transgender woman's body was found in a dumpster in East Harlem in a garbage can on FDR Drive between 112th and 114th Street. Um, This is just a few blocks from where we live and we did not hear anything about this. The woman was identified as 42 year old Dee Dee Thomas and her remains were found on June 6th but no information was shared until now. Foul play is suspected, but her death has not yet been ruled a homicide, and an autopsy is pending. It's unclear the cause of death. A can collector who was looking through dumpsters for cans and bottles found Thomas after noticing a funny smell in the area, which is very unfortunate. The family, you know, D.J. Thomas had a large family, and they gathered on june 25th just last week for a memorial service in the bronx and they are demanding more information and answers there's no you know they say there was no reason their loved one should have ended up discarded in a dumpster they described dd as loving to dance and sing do hair and makeup um and dd Dee Dee grew up in Partially in the Bronx, in the Forest House projects. and Forest Hills? Forest Houses projects. Oh. Apparently that's in the Bronx. I had never heard of it. Hmm. She did struggle with drug addiction and cycled in and out of the New York City shelter system throughout her 20s and was currently, at the time of her death, living between her mom's home in the Bronx and a lower Manhattan homeless shelter. The family said she did have some issues that she was trying to work through, but that you know, that did not seem to be related to why she was killed or how she ended up being discarded in such a manner. So we are looking closely at this to see if the police can give us more information about the cause of death and what happened to Dee Dee Thomas. And we send our thoughts to her family as they await those answers.
1: I don't even know. I don't even know what this is like fucking horrible. Maybe, Mm -hmm. um, just just profoundly sad and so so very close to us, like you said before mm-hmm. uh, that's just on the other side of the park. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I guess it kind of it kind of makes sense for someone to be found there because that's kind of a desolate little stretch of street there it, because it's it behind is? it is because but it's, it's also
0: highly trafficked at the same time yeah it's
1: weird because it's it's an FDR service road right it's but it runs but it's behind. Right behind those apartment buildings it's, yeah but hardly anyone goes there yeah. except to uh, you know either park their car mm-hmm. or retrieve their car mm-hmm. and a lot of people who come through there are you know probably speeding they're moving pretty fast yeah and you know what if you're walking there you see only a select few people back mm-hmm. there. It's, it's hardly mm-hmm. ever busy. You know, there's a little bit of like trash piling up and stuff, you know, definitely not a, you know, really populated area, mm-hmm. like just a tiny bit sketch and definitely not a great place to be after the sun sets.
0: Sure, I just wonder, like it is literally a Jersey barrier away from the FDR, which is never silent right um you know, even though people are speeding through, you'd think someone would have seen something that that could give a clue, but I no. guess not.
1: I mean from their car no <clears throat> no i I would have expected like someone who maybe worked for the buildings there right. because all the trash stuff is back there, all of the like mm-hmm. um you know. Work people and and tradesmen and contractors and whoever it is, is all in the back. They're parking their trucks or doing whatever. Yeah. But, you know, not at, you know, not past like 9 p.m.,
0: they also don't know her time of death, because by the time her body was found, it was badly decomposed. Right. Um, Mariah Lopez, who is the executive director of STAR, which is one of America's oldest trans rights organizations, commented that Dee Dee Thomas is notable for dying in Pride Month, and nobody is talking about it. So, you know, again, the fact that a trans woman of color is has died under very suspicious circumstances... We don't have answers. The family doesn't have answers. And again, like this didn't have widespread media coverage even within the neighborhood. And so that's why we felt it was important to comment on it here. We will definitely give you an update as more information is released. Apparently, another badly decomposed body of a woman was found in the Bronx early this morning. The body was found with a bag tied around her head. Oh, my God. Discovered around 730 this morning in a lot on exterior street near East 144th in Mott Haven. Um, The city medical examiner is still determining the cause of death, and the woman's identity was not immediately known. It's hard to say, as we're talking about this in the political context of New York City, where everyone is freaking out about crime. And in some ways, murders have always happened in New York City, and it's really just who they're happening to that gains it notoriety or not. So, you know, even though we're saying this, um, not to add to the fear-mongering because the majority of tourists and white people and wealthy people in New York are not at any higher risk of dying through murder than They ever were, Um, you know. This has always been concentrated in communities that are already a higher risk. So today we're going to go upstate again to Schenectady, New York. Nice
1: Schenectady, 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 Schenectady. Schenectady.
0: (laughs) This is part of the Capital District and part of the Albany metropolitan area, which is Albany, Schenectady, and Troy. Troy. I. Don't know anything about that area. Unfortunately, I believe I was conceived in Troy. Oof. Where my mom went to college. Otherwise, I don't know anything about it. Have you ever been there? I mean, I've been to Albany, but not Schenectady.
1: I haven't been to Troy or Schenectady. Yeah. Just Albany in that area.
0: Okay. So we're going to talk about the mysterious disappearance of Lucretia Steele. She was a 27-year-old woman from Schenectady... And she was sometimes called the nickname Trish or TT. She was raised in foster care and hadn't had the easiest life. As an adult, she worked occasionally in strip clubs or selling marijuana to make ends meet. In 2008, when the story begins, she was on disability for a back injury. It's not clear how she hurt her back, but it was significant enough that she was receiving disability payments. Now, Latricia had four children. In April of 2008, she asked her half-sister to take care of her two oldest children for a month. The sister said she would only do this if she were given legal temporary custody. She wouldn't do it kind of under the table. Interesting. Um, and Lutricia did not want to do that. So the children ended up going to their father, which I believe was Lutricia's ex-husband. There's not much to be said about him besides that. So Lutricia stayed with her two youngest children. She had a two-year-old named Kayson and a six-month-old named Alicia, along with her mother, Ethel Zaysa, at a home at 1118 Webster Street in Schenectady. So, Lutricia's youngest child Alicia was actually the result of a rape from her most recent partner.
1: Oh, and no.
0: Lutricia had reported this rape and the man's trial was set for May 2008. So, April, she asked her sister to take care of her older children. Um she's living with her mom with these two youngest and that trial is rapidly approaching. So, on May 1st of 2008, Lucretia actually approached a close friend and said she thought she might be pregnant again. She was going to be going to the doctor that day to confirm whether she was pregnant and how far along she was. And around 2 p.m. that day, she told her mom that she was heading out to run errands and said that she would be back within two hours by 4 p.m. to pick up the two kids. It's not clear if Lutricia told her mom about her pregnancy. It seems like maybe she didn't mention it. And we do know that she made it to her doctor's appointment and also that she cashed a check while she was out running errands that day. However, she never returned to her mother's home and has not been seen or heard from in the past 13 years. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit to fill in some holes there and talk about some areas of concern when thinking about her disappearance. So what happened after they realized Lutricia was missing is her family tried to report her missing to the police immediately, but an official report was not taken until May 13th.
1: How many days was that after her disappearance?
0: 13 days,
1: 13, <laughs> days. nearly two weeks. Oh my God. Now
0: I know the police are, you know, sometimes one wait a day or two. Yeah. She's an adult woman. She has had some issues in the past with things like drugs. So it's possible that she might disappear. You know, her family, however, was adamant that she would never have left her children. Remember, she's a six month old. I mean, she is either still breastfeeding or at least needs to be there to soothe the child. Right. Um, that's right. not like you know, a seven-year-old that you can leave with grandma for a week with no issue. Mm -hmm. It's a baby. So they were very certain that this was out of character for her. The Schenectady police also took weeks to officially post Lutricia's missing poster on their website. And this is another theme in the case. The Schenectady police are apparently highly inefficient and really botched this case. Um, I found while researching it that there are huge holes of information of things that we really should know that the police don't seem to know or at least have never released it to the public. And it really sounds like they just never asked more so than that they're trying to keep it quiet, you know, for investigative purposes because they really don't have any leads at this point. Now, the police and Lutrisha's family began to hand out flyers around where she was last seen. And they spoke to some people on the street to see if they had seen anything, but nothing panned out from that. Lutricia did not own a car, so she either walked, took public transport, or got a ride to her doctor's appointment. And it's not clear where her doctor's office was, but some people online have suggested that since she was a young and low-income mother, she may have gone to a local Planned Parenthood to get a pregnancy test. The closest Planned Parenthood, the the main Schenectady Planned Parenthood, was actually pretty close to her house. It would have been only a 30-minute walk, and... You know, again, much faster, 20 minutes by bus, probably 10 minutes by car. Um, But we don't know how she got there. We do have confirmation that she made it to the appointment, but it's not clear what happened at that appointment. Okay, so now moving on to some of the main suspects and theories in this case. If you were investigating this case, what would be the first area you would look at?
1: Well, I, If it's confirmed that she made it to Planned Parenthood, I would wonder if she called anyone, because if she is concerned that she's pregnant, she's probably going to call someone else about it, and maybe that person doesn't want to hear what she has to say.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. She might have become pregnant by the wrong person exactly if she was like in a relationship with someone and Mm -hmm. was pregnant with someone else's kid or there was even any doubt of that um so it it could be a few things but i generally when i hear of someone thinking that they're pregnant and then they turn up you know missing or dead i would go to the person who impregnated them first or Mm -hmm. who they think is the father.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a very weird coincidence that these things happen on the same day. So the fact that she had just found out something about a potential pregnancy and that the last thing we know she did was attend a doctor's appointment was a, a major red flag. Now, just to clarify what you said, we don't know for sure that she went to this Planned Parenthood. It's unclear if police even know where she went. It is confirmed that she made it to her doctor's appointment.
1: Oh, oh, okay.
0: It is speculated that that appointment may have been at Planned Parenthood because it was very close to her house. Uh-huh. And that's kind of, you know, just a, a likely thing if you're low income that maybe you would just go there.
1: But we know she went to a doctor.
0: We know she went to a doctor and she attended the appointment.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Now, there's never been confirmation of the results of her doctor's appointment, and it's unclear if the police simply never asked, aren't sharing it, or if the doctor was unable to provide that information. Of course, under privacy laws, if we don't know that she is deceased, you know, giving out that information, if she just simply moved away from her family, would be a violation of privacy laws.
1: HIPAA, her rights to privacy, et cetera. So.
0: We don't know what she found out at that doctor's appointment. Mm. And it's also unclear how she felt about this potential pregnancy and if she knew who the father was. If she was happy about it and it and the pregnancy was confirmed at the appointment, perhaps the father did not want that child. Um, and like you suggested, um, attacked her, hurt her in some way. Mm-hmm. She also could have received news about the pregnancy that upset her whether it was the fact that she didn't want the pregnancy or maybe a miscarriage or maybe she found out there was some other issue with the pregnancy and that made her upset and she could have sought out comfort in friends drugs or alcohol and met with foul play in that way the other issue that comes up in this case is that the man she accused of raping her was obviously a very important suspect he was set to go to trial within a few weeks after she disappeared. And Lucretia was set to testify against him at the start of the trial. However, this man was supposedly in jail at the time that she disappeared and police ruled him out as having any involvement in her disappearance. Now, that still makes me sketch because, I mean, maybe he hired someone, right, to take her out. Maybe someone else who cared about that person attacked her because they didn't want her to testify against this person i think that's still an area that needs to be looked at due to the coincidence in timing
1: yeah that that's also something i would consider anytime someone is you know uh slated to testify against someone else and then it's like oops where did they go it's like yeah hmm, really right? hmm. yeah i mean
0: again the police said oh it's been looked at but
1: yeah Do they care, though? They probably don't care. Such vague
0: information. Yeah, and I think that's another thing. You know, this is a woman who has struggled in life, has multiple children by different fathers, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have stable housing, has struggled with um, drug addiction and worked as a sex worker. This is not someone they're really concerned about. Yeah, no. um, Unfortunately. Now, another issue with thinking about this case is the fact that Lutricia was trying to get her family to take custody of her two older children. This could point to her state of mind at the time or other concerns she may have had. Um, Now, let's remember that her half-sister refused to take the children unless Lutricia transferred temporary legal custody to her. And temporary legal custody can be granted if there will be a long period of absence of one parent Financial instability of a parent or any type of abuse or instability in a household. So it's a fairly wide range of things that can qualify for temporary custody. It's not like it would have been necessarily difficult to get, but she didn't want to do it. If the temporary custody was granted the new legal guardian could receive child support payments for the children and also could make legal and medical decisions for those children while they were in her care. So it's possible that the fact that child support payments would be transferring to the sister would be one reason Lutricia did not want to pursue this. Remember she's on disability and her other state benefits may have been altered if the children in her care were no longer there. Like if the amount of dependents that you have Lessons they might be altering her own payments as well as the payments she gets for those children
1: Yeah, that's something to consider but uh, I don't think her sister was wrong for Wanting legal custody of the Mm -hmm. kids just because uh, You know mostly for medical reasons like if something happens and she needs to have that power She needs to have it. Yeah, you know if the kids Mm -hmm. are going to be in her care They need to be fully in her care care Which means legally, too. Right. But, you know, as you say, with the benefits as they are, that is, it's not very comfy to think about, you know, what the motivations are. And, you know, the motivations of money versus care of your children, Mm -hmm. uh, willingness of others to help you. Yeah. All of that stuff is not light stuff to think about.
0: I don't think it's necessarily mutually exclusive either. Like her concern about the money also could have been concern for the children. Sure. Again, like if she's getting disability and she's using that money to pay for food for all four kids and suddenly she's getting a lot less, that's concern for providing for the children that are still in her care. So like I think it's not necessarily one or the other, but I hear what you're saying also. She also might have been worried that the temporary custody would become permanent, which can happen.
1: Yeah, that was actually... The next thing that i was thinking about you know it's it's easy to sign your kids away but it's not so easy to get them back sometimes exactly. even even if you do everything right mm-hmm. and you do everything the state tells you to do sometimes you are just like uh go fuck yourself
0: especially if you're a mother with unstable housing and a history like she has you know? exactly so exactly. Uh, that's a very valid thing mm-hmm. and it's never been confirmed exactly why she was seeking this temporary home for the older children some have suggested that she may have been trying to shield the children from the effects of the trial against her rapist and the sort of emotional and uh, possible threat of violence that could have come while she was involved in the trial. Mm-hmm. Others have suggested that it's it, it's possible she was experiencing a drug addiction at the time. Um, it's not confirmed at all. This is total speculation. But she did have a back problem that we know was the reason for her disability payments. And what do we use to treat back pain in the United States?
1: Opioids. opioids.
0: So she may have been using opioids to manage the pain, and it's possible that that got out of hand. She needed more. She was seeking street drugs to replace the prescription drugs, and perha- or perhaps she realized that things were getting out of hand and, and wanted to go into something like a, a month-long rehab program, right. and that's why she wanted the kids somewhere else.
1: So many people's lives are destroyed by opioid addiction. So... Anyone's attempt to correct that or deal with that problem needs to be given. Y- you need to empathize with those mm-hmm. people and let them do what they need to mm-hmm. do to, you know, take it. I mean, not really into their own hands, but like take the initiative to mm-hmm. get the treatment that they need and right. the I help those, that they need to do this.
0: Those drugs are designed to be addictive.
1: You can't do it by
0: yourself. And even the fact of somebody wanting to,
1: wanting to is not enough. You need support. Right,
0: right. But even the fact of being able to say, I want to stop.
1: That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now,
0: again, this is all speculation. There's no evidence that she was on any opioids, but um, it's just because there's so little information in this case. This is one thread of thought that uh, people on the Internet forums and things have uh, spoken about and, and suggested in this case.
1: I mean, we like to think that these theories that we posit are valid in a way that they are, you know, Basically, logical and reasonable and don't assume too many things or, you know, express too much bias. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree, <laughs> let us know.
0: Yeah. So even though she was seeking temporary homes for these older children, again, her family insisted it's very uncharacteristic of her to simply abandon her children.
1: I mean, don't. If we she We wouldn't wanted, think this, right? Say it again. There's no evidence prior to. For anyone to think that about her, right?
0: Right. If she was simply sick of the children, she could have just abandoned them. She lived with her mother. Her mother would have been stuck with it. She did the work to seek out someone who would care for them. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, I'm just, fuck this, I'm going to walk away. That was highly unlikely. Her family insists it's uncharacteristic for her. She loved her children. And remember, her youngest is only six months old.
1: Yeah, she has to be there for that child.
0: At the time she disappeared, Lutricia had a prepaid cell phone. Uh, Police tried to call this number several times after she vanished, and the phone appeared to be on, and it rang, but nobody ever answered, and the phone plan was eventually terminated. I guess that just means it ran out, and it was never renewed since it was a prepaid plan. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily indicate any action on the part of Lutricia or anyone else. Right. Lutricia Steele would be 40 years old if she is alive today. Um, she's a white woman with brown hair that was dyed blonde at the time of her disappearance. She has blue eyes. She's around five foot five and weighed between 100 and 125 pounds at the time. She was last seen wearing a black shirt, blue jeans, and black shoes. And there have been a few Jane Does that people have suspected to have Been her, but it's easily ruled out because she actually had many distinguishing tattoos. She has a tiger tattoo on her ankle, a ribbon with the name Sean on her left arm, the name Kason of her second youngest child on her chest, a flower with writing on her lower back, and a leopard on her leg. She also has uh, ear, tongue, and nose piercings, and that is all we know about the disappearance of Lutricia Steele. Her family still has no answers beyond that there's never been a peep of her no movement in this case i think i read that you know the schenectady police says the case is still active but it's very clear they're not there aren't any leads there's not really anywhere they're going with it so it's like one of those open cold cases basically you can find out i use the sources mainly from the charlie project website which um, most of you will know um, helps to spread information about missing persons in the u.s and there's also a reddit thread that is really only one of the only sources with detailed information about this case so we'll post all those sources on the website as well as two pictures of lutricia i will comment um she has like a very different look in all her pictures. So she's mm-hmm. one of those people who like you put glasses on her. She looks like a different person. You put her hair up. She looks like a different person.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: So that is another thing that may have complicated the search for her, like pictures, like which photo do you choose to represent her? But we will post those pictures as well. What do you think, Peter?
1: I think that she probably met a really, you know, really unfortunate and
0: yeah, I have a feeling it's not just some sort of accident where she went out and met the wrong people, no, overdose. No. Like, it definitely seems like there's too many coincidences with the pregnancy and the rape trial yeah. that that is where the police should look. There's probably someone related to one or both of those things that attacked her and harmed her. And again, remember, her youngest child was the one that was a result of the rape. That child's right. six months old. Right. Now, you're not supposed to... Engage in sexual activity for six weeks after having a child. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that that partner was an ongoing abusive partner and raped her again and caused the second pregnancy or, you know, her fifth pregnancy, but very close to the previous one and the trials coming up. So I think those two things are possibly related and that that is the cause of her death.
1: Yeah, somebody shut her up so that she couldn't testify happens all the time.
0: And it's really sad, you know, for all her children who, Mm -hmm. you know, already had a tough life going. And now um, I think her two oldest are being raised by their father. Her two youngest are being raised by her mother.
1: At least they are with someone who they know. Yeah. So often shit like this happens and the state takes the kids and that's the the, the kids are fucked after that.
0: Yeah. So that is the case of Lucretia Steele. If you have any thoughts about this case, please check out our Instagram for the photos we mentioned, and you can comment your theories.
1: That's New York State of Crime on Instagram.
0: You can also send us an email with your theories, tips, uh, opinions, opinions, your your red string board of solving the case. Mm-hmm. And that email is
1: <laughs> New York State of Crime at gmail.com.
0: And on our website, you can also see those photos, sources, as well as information on all our episodes.
1: New York State of Crime podcast.com.
0: All right. Thank you.